lot of travel.
keeps he keeps um, asking us if our insurance will cover it. I'm like, it's a $25 pillow. Like, no, you know, just buy a new one. You should charge just have someone from Air France pull a pillow off first class. I told him to buy one from the ledger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or just have like someone leaving the ledger, like sneak it to Or them. make a pillow. <laughs> or just steal it. Cause
<laughs> I'm getting starstruck right now. Um, was our main facilitator during this whole process that we did. Um, he wants to do it. Um, but then our guys were like, no, send daddy. Daddy's like our finance guy. <laughs> but he's worked for a lot of different organizations, but I can't tell what else he's done besides finance, because he was the head of the finance for the Jane Goodall Society. Before, like, I'd rather Vianney, because Vianney's good, but he's not part of our group. He actually works for a search for Common Ground now. That's fine. Yeah. Cool. He's a leader. Okay. Yeah, we've got a couple the, from Kinshasa, but we wanted somebody not from Kinshasa. Yeah. Well, how many people you send? Eight total from Africa, so. We're just putting in nominations to, you know, Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. We're right. not, like, bombarding them. It's not like a long okay. list. Well, let me, let me tell Buddha let's focus on Yanni, because I don't think...
team to find out who the French teacher was that they had for police items. No one would find it. Why don't you just ask for police? She was in Liberia all the time. She'll just be like, oh, it's that West African man. And I'll be like, thanks, that wasn't helpful. Good afternoon, everyone. And thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us uh, for this discussion today. Um, very delighted to welcome our two principal guests uh, uh, this, this evening, uh, this afternoon, excuse me, uh, the diplomatic advisor to His Excellency President Joseph Kabila of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Ambassador Barnabe Kikaya. Uh, very delighted to have you here, Mr. Ambassador. And also, we're very happy to have the president of the Independent uh, National Electoral Commission of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Mr. Corne Nanga. And thank you very much. Soyez le bienvenu. And also, I'd like to recognize the uh, the presence of the delegation of the uh, the Congolese delegation, here, uh, including uh, uh, the ambassador, uh, for, uh, His Excellency Francois Balumwane, uh, as well as two uh, among the delegates, two distinguished people, Senator uh, Leonard uh, Okitundo. And as well as, as well as a member of Parliament, Genevieve Inangosi, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Also delighted to be joined here by my colleagues and good friends, 
uh, Paul Fagan from the McCain Institute and Elizabeth Lewis from the International Republican Institute who uh, are uh, co-hosting this event with us at the Africa Center of the Atlantic Council. Over the course of the last year, uh, the Atlantic Council uh, has had the opportunity to host quite a number of Congolese delegations. We've had in the, uh, over the course of the last year, uh, uh, Vital Camere, we've had Olivier Comitatu, and most recently we had uh, uh, Moise Katumbi here with us. And so I think in, uh, it's only fair and also, right, that we also get the perspective also of the government. So we're very delighted and uh, that Ambassador Kikaya and the other members of his delegation are here engaging with us uh, and sharing their perspectives, which uh, uh, we're also very pleased to, uh, uh, to listen to. Uh, without going on any further, because you really came here to hear our distinguished guests, uh, let me turn it over to uh, my colleagues here, uh, uh, first with Paul Fagan, who we've had a great, great pleasure here at the Atlantic Council with working with, uh, not only uh, in his, uh, his current capacity as director of the DRC program at the McCain Institute, but before that at the International Republican Institute. So, Paul. Thanks so much, Peter, and thanks for, for having us and uh, co-hosting this event uh, with us. And I'm, I'm glad to be here with, with Liz Lewis um, from IRI. IRI, I kind of joke, it's where I grew up, spending many, many years uh, there. But um, it's a great opportunity for us to continue this discussion on, on Congo, um, as we're at a very um, important period in, in the country's history. The McCain Institute, just for those of you who's, who aren't familiar with the McCain Institute, uh, aren't familiar with the McCain Institute and wondering, what's, what's the McCain Institute doing in, in Congo? Um, it dates back to, um, to Mrs. McCain. She's, been, she's had a long history of doing philanthropic work, um, got involved in Congo in the, the late 1990s and, and much more so um, in the past decade. Um, and, and Congo has a special place in her heart, and that's the McCain Institute established to carry on the, the legacy of the, the McCain family and what they stand for, and giving back and, um, and, and building leadership. Um, Congo's been an important place for, for her and also the Institute. So we, we started a project two years ago, just in North Kivu, um, in and around Goma, um, focused on democracy, on elections. Um, and you know, a big part of that is training the next generation of, of local leaders in that part of the country. And as we know, it's, it's a very volatile area of the country. Um, but we, we remain committed to Congo, we remain committed to, to North Kivu on the foreseeable future, and we, we look forward to, to hearing from our from our guests as we as we know there's a lot going on in Congo and, and yeah, I'll turn it over to this. Um, okay. Sure. Um, good afternoon, and thanks to all of you for coming today. Um, a particular thanks to Dr. Fahm and the Atlantic Council's Africa Center for hosting today's discussion on DRC's political future and situation, um, the national dialogue process, and the proposed pre presidential election timetable. The Atlantic Council continues to serve as a prominent venue here in Washington to have important discussions on Africa, and so we're happy to be here today. I'd also like to thank Paul for joining me um, as, a, as an old friend, of course, from IRI, but also as a thought leader in all things Congo here in Washington and especially focused on Eastern Congo. Um, and then finally, we're looking forward to hearing from our guests, um, the Ambassador, Mr. Nyanga from the CENI, um, 
to, we're excited that this will be a forum to hear from them on the record about the CENI's recent announcement to delay elections by up to two years, uh, the continued violence in the streets of Congo and Kinshasa, and Kabila's, President Kabila's still unclear ambitions for a third term. I think I speak for everyone here when I say we are keen to understand your thinking on these issues. Just a few weeks ago, I was in Kinshasa with my SEPS consortium colleagues, NDI and IFAS, uh, where we were pre presenting the findings of our technical assessment of preparations for elections, um, focused specifically on the voter registration process. At the time, the national dialogue had started, um, though was in fits and starts. Um, the constitutional requirement to call elections was approaching, and there was much, much discussions on options for a revision to the voter roll in the pilot voter registration process that was ongoing in Nordumbangi. The focus of the assessment by SEPS um, keyed in on the voter registration process and found that there was no option that allowed for both a credible voter roll and the respect of the constitutional timetable for elections by the end of this year. That said, um, we were a bit surprised to hear the announcement of the delay or the expected delay of elections for up to two years, um, and there is doubt that that length of time is necessary to hold credible elections. Um, while there are technical challenges facing the update of the voter roll and conduct of elections in a country as vast as DRC, um, a lack of political consensus through, the, through and outside the national dialogue has further complicated a way forward. Since 2012, IRI has work, been working in DRC to support an environment conducive to participation and responsive engagement in the democratic process, namely through our support to the National Parliamentarians Women's Caucus and with various youth and women-focused civil society organizations. As we look forward to the next few years in DRC and in terms of this conversation today, IRA believes the focus of discussion and effort should be, on, should be placed on ensuring that Congolese citizens are part of and better understand the decisions to finalize an electoral timetable, develop an inclusive voters' role, and ultimately um, hold free, fair, and democratic elections in Congo. Thanks. Thank you very much, Liz. Thanks, Paul. Uh, it's now my pleasure to introduce uh, Ambassador Barnaba Kikaya bin Karubi who's the diplomatic advisor to President Joseph Kabila. Uh, Ambassador Kakaya uh, is a graduate not only of the University of Lumumbashi, but holds a PhD uh, from Boston University. So he's no stranger to uh, the, the Eastern Seaboard in the States and previously worked as uh, a journalist and editor-in-chief of uh, South Africa's Canal Afrique. Uh, he's served uh, in the Congolese government as Ambassador to Zimbabwe, as Minister of Communications and Press, uh, Private Secretary to the President, uh, was elected uh, to the National Assembly, and served also as uh, Congo's Ambassador to the United Kingdom before being recalled to be Diplomatic Advisor to President Kabila. So it's a pleasure. I turn the floor over to Ambassador Kikaya. Thank you, Dr. Pham. Ladies and gentlemen, Distinguished guests, on behalf of the delegation accompanying me, I want to thank you for your presence and for the attention you will give me. Allow me in particular to express my gratitude to the organizers of the event for the opportunity to talk about the evolution of the political situation in the DRC. I will discuss four main points. One the circumstances surrounding the electoral process in the DRC. Two, the constitutional underpinnings 
of these elections, three, the fragility of the security situation in the DRC over the past generation, and four, the inherent difficulties of putting together elections given the ethnic, tribal, and regional dimensions of Congolese politics. After the first democratic elections in the DRC in 2006 and 2011, the electoral process experienced serious problems. These included the war in my country perpetrated by the armed movement called M23. This deadly conflict was extremely costly and forced a budget shortfall that unfortunately impacted the organization of elections. The untimely loss of the leader of the Independent Electoral Commission, in addition to the rejection by the opposition of two electoral calendars produced by the commission. The rejection of the technical census-related work by the National Office of Population Identification, which led to the sad events of January 19th and 20, 2015. And finally, the opposition's recent and immediate non-acceptance of the national political dialogue that was endorsed by the United States of America, the European Union, and the United Nations, among others, and was led by the, an international facilitator designated by the African Union. As you can see, President Kabila did not cause the shortfalls in the electoral process. The problems were well beyond his control. One way to put the electoral process back on track is to reinvigorate the national political dialogue, which is currently taking place in Kinshasa, but which some members of the political opposition continue to boycott. We hope that the international community will urge these opposition parties to relent and to join these important talks. Second, the government of the DRC is strictly adhering to its constitution. Approved by referendum in 2005, the constitution was proposed by President Kabila on February 18, 2006, and was amended on January 20, 2011. The constitution is very clear about what must happen in the current circumstances. Section 220, we call it Article 220, insists on the following. One, universal suffrage, meaning that everyone eligible must be given the chance to vote. Two, broad regional representation. And three, term limits for the president, and this is important. A president can serve a maximum of two terms. Then there is Article 70.70, which clearly states the president of the republic is elected by direct universal suffrage for a term of five years that is renewable once. And the end of, at the end of his term, the president of the republic remains in office until the effective installation of the newly elected president. May I please repeat this? 
the President of the Republic remains in office. This is the Constitution. The President of the Republic remains in office until the effective installation of the newly elected President. Lastly, to remove any misunderstanding, the Constitutional Court reiterated the principle of continuity of the state. On May 11, 2016, it ruled as follows. Article 70, paragraph 2 of the Constitution allows the President of the Republic currently in office to remain in office until the effective installation of the newly elected President. Moreover, the mandate of the national deputies and senators ends only upon the installation of a new National Assembly, a new Senate, or a new Provincial Assembly. Consequently, the current President of the Republic must remain in office until an election is held and the successor is chosen. And that, I assure you, will happen, and soon. Third, the fragility of the security situation in the DRC over the past 20 years. Since the mid-1990s, Congo has suffered from two civil wars and several other armed, armed conflicts, including most recently the battles against the M23 militia in the East. As you all know, the number of my dead countrymen goes well into the millions, up to seven million. More than any other nation on earth has suffered over this period, including Syria, and even Rwanda for that matter. We are now in a relative state of peace, which is something that we must hold dear and be good stewards of. I cannot emphasize enough the fragility of the current peace, nor can I emphasize enough the importance which we attach to it. I would be remiss if I did not credit our president, Joseph Kabila, for playing such a critical role in achieving this peace. Our steps toward democracy must account for stability. It is that simple. If it takes a little longer than we would like to do it right, so be it. We will not rush into a flawed electoral process that risks our hard-earned stable and peaceful situation. It is time to stop this cycle of instability, this cycle of fragility governance. The Constitution must be read, understood, and complied with in full, not in a compartmentalized manner. It, it states clearly that the President of the Republic shall remain in office until the new President is elected. Lastly, there are ethnic, tribal, and regional dimensions to Congolese politics that must be respected, and that, Dr. Pham, I'm not hearing in any analysis today on the Congo. People forget that when it is one of the critical points on our politics. The Congo has nearly 450 ethnic groups with four national languages, Swahili, Chiluba, Lingala, and Kikongo. These divisions are also regionally distinct. The East, which is Swahili speaking, the center, which is Chiluba speaking, and the West, which is Lingala speaking. Generally, political allegiances are based on ethnic and regional orientation. They are rarely ideological. Hence, the necessity for coalitions at the time of the appointment of the prime minister and to resolve other issues.
the major political families currently in the DRC are galvanized around three names, namely Mobutu and the people that we know as the Mobutists, Chisekedi and people know as the Chisekedists, and Kabila with the Kabilists. The three names are associated with different regions of the country. President Kabila, President Kabila has gone a long way toward breaking down these divisions. One result is that the political party that he started, the PPRD, has a presence everywhere in the country and has the largest number of M MPs in parliament. Throughout the world, the capitals and major urban centers have always been considered rebellious against the political establishment. Kinshasa and some cities of the DRC are no exception to this rule. Thus, attempting to judge the political situation in the DRC by looking at the demonstrations in Kinshasa would be incorrect. More to the point, any legitimate election must embrace these differences and endeavor to include all factions at the ballot box. To do this requires painstaking work and time. A peaceful transition of power cannot be accomplished without taking that time and care. That is what the Independent Commission is doing, as you will soon hear. Indeed, the DRC is dedicated to organizing fair, credible, peaceful elections. We therefore ask our partners and friends around the world to support us in this effort. Constitutionally, President Joseph Kabila is determined to have a peaceful transfer of power. He must be given the chance to do so because of the Constitution and also the fact that he controls the levers of power, what is the police, the army, the security services, and even the administration. Seeking an, altern an alternation in power by a popular revolution, as some chieftains have advocated, would surely fail. Such armed insurrection would lead the DRC into another troubled period that could last for decades. Central Africa would again become unstable and the Congo would be balkanized. We cannot afford for this to happen. Article 64, paragraph two of the DRC constitution strictly prohibits any attempt to overthrow the constitutional regime and considers this odious act as a crime against the nation and the state. The future of the Congo lies in its integration, not its balkanization. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, I thank you for your attention. Thank you very much, Ambassador, for your, your remarks. I now uh, uh, pleasure of introducing Mr. Corneille Nanga, the president since 2013 of the Independent National Electoral Commission of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Mr. Nanga, has made a career uh, in electoral work, uh, having previously been director of programs for the School of Electoral Training for Central Africa, as well as a consultant for the International Foundation for Electoral Systems, IFAS. Uh, I know some of his uh, former colleagues from IFAS are here in the room, as well as the International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance, IDEA, and the UN uh, Development Program. So, uh, and he comes to, uh, 
Phil the Great shoes uh, at uh, Saney of uh, the late and, uh, and uh, regretted uh, uh, father uh, Malu Malu. So we uh, recall his uh, contribution to democracy in the country. And so, uh, Mr. Uh, Nanga. Uh, thank you very much for being in this conference. And thank you very much for Atlantic Council, McKinney Institute, and I, I, I for inviting me in the United States and to share about the electoral process. For being more relevant, I, will, I want to, I think I will be speaking in French and maybe I have a translation just En quelques mots, je vais partager avec vous les points suivants. I'd like to share the following points with you. Je vous présenterai les Congos dans l'angle de la Commission électorale nationale indépendante, pas dans l'angle du gouvernement. I'd like to give you a little presentation about the Congo, but in the language of the Independent National Electoral Commission and not the Congolese government. Je vous donnerai aussi une lecture de l'état de la démocratie en tant que commissaire électoral. I'd also like to, like to give you an update on the state of democracy as from our perspective from the National Electoral Commission. Je vous Commission. parlerai du contexte politique, contraintes et les risques du processus actuel. I'll also talk about the political process and the, the current constraints and risks with the electoral process. Je vous dirai enfin où nous sommes aujourd'hui. I'll talk to you about where we are today. Nous, je vous parlerai du calendrier. I'll talk to you about the electoral calendar. Et enfin, je vais vous parler des perspectives et surtout des attentes. And then finally, I'll talk about the outlooks and the expectations. République démocratique du Congo. L'une des plus grandes nations d'Afrique. Aujourd'hui, avec 2 345 000 km2, 85 millions d'habitants, 45 millions d'électeurs attendus. The DRC is one of the largest nations in Africa today, with more than 2.3 million square kilometers, 85 million inhabitants, and 42 million voters. Pays post-conflit, mais jeune démocratie. It is a post-conflict country, but a young democracy. Rôle stratégique important au cœur de l'Afrique. It plays an important strategic role at the heart of Africa. Et moteur économique africain latent. And it is a potential economic driver for Africa. État de la démocratie aujourd'hui. Looking at the state of democracy now. On peut noter que en, en deux décennies, en une décennie, il y a des avancées énormes. We note that within the last decade, we have made enormous progress. Mais aussi, uh, il faut dire un peu dérapage. But there have also been places where we've gotten off track. Il y a la liberté de création de partis politiques. Aujourd'hui, nous comptons 523 partis politiques. We do have the freedom to create political parties. Currently, we have more than 523 political parties. C'est un record mondial. And that is a world record. Nous avons un espace médiatique ouvert avec plus ou moins 200 chaînes de télévision avec 600 titres des journaux, 1200 radios, et bien entendu, il y a des sites web et des blogs d'information et d'actualité qui se créent des jours les jours. 
We have an open space for media with approximately 200 television stations, 600 newspapers, 1,200 radio stations, and then websites and blogs that uh, publish news and current events. Il y a tout de même une faiblesse. En tant que CENI, nous constatons que l'accès à ces médias, surtout les médias publics, n'est pas encore garanti, n'a pas encore d'équité, surtout entre les partis au pouvoir et les partis de l'opposition. However, we do have one shortcoming, and that, from the CENI point of view, is that there is uh, a problem with access to state-run media. It's not always equitable for the opposition parties and the government parties. Nous notons l'existence des institutions et organisations de défense des droits de l'homme, mais il y a beaucoup à faire encore sur ces points aussi. We do have many human rights organizations and institutions in place, but we still have a lot of progress to be made in that area. Enfin, nous notons la présence d'institutions démocratiques installées, mais la faiblesse est que depuis que on a commencé la démocratie il y a dix ans, on n'a jamais réussi à organiser toutes les élections comme est prévu par la Constitution. Donc, onze types de scrutins. And we do have democratic institutions in place. However, we've noted that since democracy has been established in the past 10 years, we have never yet been able to hold all the elections that are stipulated under our Constitution, which are 11 different types of elections. La Constitution prévoit 11 types de scrutins. En 2005, on a organisé 5 sur les 11. En 2011, on a organisé seulement 2 sur les 11. Et aujourd'hui, nous sommes en 2016, on risque de ne pas organiser un seul, une seule. The Constitution calls for 11 different elections. In 2005, we were able to hold five of these 11 elections. In 2011, two of the 11. And this year, 2016, unfortunately, we may not be able to hold any elections. Contexte politique, contraintes et les risques au processus. Looking now at the political context, the risks and uh, constraints that we have with the political process. Premier point, c'est qu'il y a aujourd'hui, nous sommes sur le point d'avoir la première alternance politique, pacifique. The first point is that currently we are at the uh, point of having the first political, peaceful political tra transition of power. Il faut dire que depuis l'indépendance, nous avons eu quatre présidents de la République. Et aucun n'a jamais succédé les son prédécesseur après, après avoir fait une remise et reprise. Mobutu a remplacé Kassavubu, euh, ils ne se sont pas vus à la remise et reprise. Kabila a remplacé Mobutu, ils ne se sont pas vus à la remise et reprise. Kabila a remplacé Kabila sans remise et reprise. Mais aujourd'hui, nous attendons, nous sommes proches d'avoir une alternance après une élection. Since our independence, we have had four presidents of the country, but none of the successive pres presidents have succeeded their, pres their predecessor through a uh, peaceful transition of power. Uh, Mobutu succeeded Kasavubu, and then Kabila succeeded Mobutu, and Kabila succeeded Kabila, but we have not yet had a uh, transition of power following elections. Autre élément, c'est qu'il y a une méfiance absolue entre acteurs politiques et même envers la CENI. Another factor is that there is complete distrust between political actors and also towards the Electoral Independent Commission. Ça veut dire que la commission, la CENI que nous dirigeons en tant que pouvoir organisateur, il y a une méfiance euh, envers la CENI parce qu'on pense que non, elle fait, elle pose des actes qui favorisent tel ou tel autre camp. That is to say that there is a lot of distrust towards CENI because some people, as the organizing body for the elections, because some people feel that some of our actions or activities are favoring certain parties. Troisième point, c'est que nous sommes dans un paysage politique particulier. 
523 partis politiques avec un système électoral de la proportionnelle à listes ouvertes avec le choix préférentiel. The third point is that we have a rather unique political landscape, 523 political parties in a open list represent, proportional representation system with uh, preferential voting. La conséquence de ce choix électoral a un impact sur les préparatifs d'élections. J'ai amené avec moi ici les spécimens d'un bulletin de vote au Congo. Vous avez dans une seule circonscription électorale, voici comment ressemble un bulletin de vote. Donc, avec 1550 candidats, et le bulletin de vote a, est sur un papier A3, mais 53 pages. And one of the consequences uh, of this is we've seen that there are significant consequences on the uh, preparations for the elections because I brought, for example, a, a sample ballot to show you. This is just for one district, 1,550 candidates on A3 size paper, 53 pages. Et la conséquence de ce choix est que un bulletin de vote doit avoir non seulement le nom du candidat, mais aussi sa photo son parti politique, les logos de son parti politique, ainsi, ainsi que tout autre signe distinctif qui le permet à l'électeur de faire le choix d'un candidat. On ne fait pas le choix d'une liste, on ne fait pas le choix d'un parti. The, another consequence of this uh, voting system is that the ballot has to have not only the names of the candidates, but also a photograph, their political party, the logo of their political party, and any other distinctive signs that may help voters to recognize and make their choice uh, so that they're not voting simply on the base of a list or party. Troisième conséquence, c'est que pour les élections que nous préparons aujourd'hui, nous nous attendons en tout et pour tout 63, uh, 64 000 candidats. Another consequence uh, for the elections that we are attempting to organize is that we are expecting to register 650,000 voters. Pour la présidentielle, 20 candidats entendus. Pour la députation nationale, 28 000 candidats. Et pour la députation provinciale, 35 000 candidats. For the presidential elections, we're expecting to have 23 candidates. For the National Assembly, 22,000. And uh, for the provincial assemblies, 350,000. Et l'exemple du bulletin tel que présenté, c'était lorsque le, le nombre de candidatures était de 17 000. Donc nous nous attendons avec ces nouveaux noms, avec ces, ces chiffres attendus, à plus ou moins à, au, au bulletin de vote. Si le système électoral ne change, change pas, on peut arriver à des bulletins de vote à 100 pages par bulletin de vote. And the sample ballot that I showed you was when we had 17,000 candidates only. With the expected numbers that we are anticipating, if there are no changes made to the electoral system, then we may have ballots that are 100 pages. Troisième point, c'est que nous avons, il y a eu un retard évident dans la préparation des, des, des élections de 2016. The third point is that there have been clear delays in holding the elections for 2016. Troisième, quatrième point, c'est que les institutions, presque toutes les institutions sont fait mandat. The fourth point is that almost all of our institutions are arriving at the end of their term. Les assemblées provinciales qui ont été euh, élues en 2006 sont en fonction jusqu'à aujourd'hui, c'est-à-dire dix ans après. The provincial assemblies that were elected in 2006 are still sitting today, that's to say ten years later. Le Sénat, la deuxième chambre du Parlement, a été élue en 2007 
ils sont en fonction encore jusqu'à aujourd'hui. And the Senate, the other chamber of the parliament, was elected in 2007, and they are still sitting quel, in office. Et dans quelques mois, je pense que le président de la République et l'Assemblée nationale vont entrer aussi au-delà des mandats. And within a few months, uh, both the president and the National Assembly deputies will also come to the end of their Cinquième terms. Cinquième point, c'est qu'il y a un dialogue national en cours, mais dont les résultats, nous ne savons pas encore. The fourth, or fifth point, rather, is that a national dialogue is underway, but we are not sure yet what the outcome will be. Septième point, il y a la probabilité de la violence et même du chaos. Et c'est ce, ce qui inquiète que le Congo ne se transforme pas en Libye aujourd'hui. Uh, the next point is that there is a great possibility that the situation could turn violent and even chaotic, and this leads to concerns that uh, the DRC may turn into something like Libya. Autre point, le Congo est sans et sans registre d'état civil, ce qui pose un problème dans la mesure où pour chaque cycle électoral, il faut chaque cinq mois, après, après cinq années, il faut absolument faire un nouveau recensement électoral ou l'enrôlement des électeurs. Another point is that we do not currently have a vital statistics registry, so this is problematic because in each district, every five years, we need to have a new census, uh, electoral census, and voter registration, update the voter registers. Et la conséquence sur ce point est surtout inquiétante parce que si on ne fait pas les recensements administratifs de la population, même dans 50 ans, les problèmes des mandats ou les fins des mandats vont encore pas toujours se poser. Uh, and the consequences of this are also concerning because if we do not have a popu population census, even in 50 years, these issues of uh, term limits and mandates will also be very problematic. Il y a un autre point, c'est qu'il y a un défi financier et logistique énorme pour organiser les élections au Congo. Another point is that there are major financial and logistic challenges to organizing elections in the DRC. Et bien entendu, il y a un consensus qui est trouvé sur la, le fichier électoral et aujourd'hui, apparemment, sur la séquence des scrutins. Uh, and there has also been a consensus that has been achieved in terms of the voter registration lists and uh, the sequencing of the elections. Et puis, un accord politique est attendu parce que si on n'organise pas les élections, la période de... La période d'après le mandat du chef de l'État, il est question de savoir comment les acteurs vont, le pays sera dirigé. And of course, we need to come to a political agreement, have a political agreement, because uh, if we're not able to organize the elections, then the, there is some uncertainty about what will happen in the period after the president's term comes to an end and how the country will be governed. On note aussi que non, il y a une frange de l'opposition qui n'a, qui n'est pas, qui ne prend pas part au dialogue. Uh, also to be noted, there is a fringe group of the opposition that is not taking part in the dialogue. Et puis il y a les rôles un peu quand même non pas toujours clairs de la communauté internationale. And then the point that the international community's role is not always clear. Où en sommes-nous aujourd'hui? Where do we stand today? Nous sommes la révision du fichier électoral, c'est-à-dire que pour avoir les élections, il faut absolument que nous ayons un fichier électoral fiable. Uh, in order to hold our elections, we absolutely have to have a credible voter registry. Nous avions projeté 16 mois et un jour pour cela, et parce que nous visons 42 millions d'électeurs, et, et euh, <coughs> du moins la, nos projections sont en train de s'exécuter comme on l'avait prévu. And for this, we have uh, projected that this will take 16 months and one day to register our 40 million voters, and uh, the operations are continuing as, as planned and scheduled. Nous avons acquis tous les matériels sur le fond du gouvernement. 
We have acquired all the election materials using government funding. Nous avons lancé l'opération en commençant par la province du Nord-Ubangi et aujourd'hui 850 000 électeurs attendus. Nous sommes à plus de 600 000 enregistrés. Uh, we have launched our voter registration operations in the province of Nor Ubangi, and out of the expected 850,000 voters, we have already registered 600,000. La semaine passée, nous avons commencé à déployer les matériels pour cette nouvelle province, dont l'ancienne province du Katanga et l'ancienne province de l'Équateur. Uh, last week, we started sending out electoral materials to the seven new provinces, including the former province of Katanga and Equator. Et nous clôturons l'opération le 31 juillet 2017. And we plan to complete this operation uh, by July 31st, 2017. Il nous reste approximativement neuf mois et l'opération se, se déroule telle que nous avions planifié. So we have nine months left and the uh, activities are, con are continuing as planned. La question c'est de dire dès que nous aurons le fichier, qu'est-ce qui va se passer par la suite so the next question is, as soon as we have our voter list, what will the next steps be? En fait, ce qui va se passer par la suite, ce n'est pas de la magie, c'est juste que dès que nous aurons le fichier, il y a sept étapes ou bien cinq étapes qui nous attendent pour arriver au jour des scrutins. And this is no magic. Uh, after we have established our voter list, there are five steps that we will need to uh, implement before we can get to elect voter election day. Première étape, ça c'est la répartition des sièges par circonscription. The first step will be to distribute seats uh, by district. La, la CENI le fait avec le Parlement parce que c'est une loi qui doit être adoptée pour dire que dans telle circonscription, ils ont droit à autant de députés. And CENI will work with the Parliament to do this because this needs to be done through a law that will say for each district they need to have so many seats. Deuxième étape, inscription des candidatures. Second step will be to register candidates. Et évidemment, c'est les 64,000 candidats que nous attendons. And of course, this is the... Combien, pardon? 64,000. The 640,000 uh, candidates that Troisième étape, étape c'est la commande et la livraison des matériels sensibles. Les matériels sensibles, c'est les bulletins de vote dont j'ai parlé. Les matériels non sensibles comme les urnes, on est déjà en train de commander ces matériels parce que ces matériels, on peut les garder, ça ne dérange pas. Mais un bulletin, il faut attendre qu'on connaisse le nombre total de candidats pour pouvoir lancer l'impression euh, de ces bulletins. Uh, the third step will be to order the sensitive mat uh, voting materials. Uh, that would include the ballots, as I mentioned. Uh, the non-sensitive materials, such as the uh, booths and the, and the ballot boxes, can already be ordered because we, don't, we can work on that. But with the ballots, of course, we need to know what the total number of candidates will be before we can publish them. Quatrième étape, c'est le déploiement de ces matériels. The fourth step will be to send out these materials. Et bien entendu, recrutement, formation et déploiement des agents électoraux avec les matériels déployés. And then the next step will be to recruit, train and deploy poll workers with the uh, electoral materials. Ce n'est qu'à la fin de cette étape que nous aurons les jours de scrutin qui doit tomber, qui doit, et, qui doit arriver un dimanche conformément à la loi. And it won't be until we get to the end of this stage that we will be able to hold our election day, which according to law has to take place on Vous a Sunday. Vous verrez que le scrutin, ce n'est qu'un jour, mais il y a des étapes énormes et importantes qui sont en amont. So you can see that election day is just one day, but there are major steps that need to be done before we et can get to that point. Et après le c'est l'agrégation des résultats, et bien entendu, avec le contentieux électoral. And of course, then after the election day, we will have the process of aggregating the results and then dealing with any electoral disputes. Calendrier électoral. Looking at the electoral calendar. 
Première chose, je voudrais dire que la publication du calendrier est une compétence exclusive de la CENI. First, I'd like to point out that uh, the publication of the electoral calendar is the, an exclusive prerogative of CENI. Et qu'à ce jour, la CENI n'a pas encore publié un calendrier. And up to date, CENI has not yet published an electoral calendar. Ce que la CENI a fait au niveau des dialogues, c'était de donner des indications en fonction des options soulevées. What CENI has done in relationship with the national dialogue is to give some indications about what can be done based on the different options. En fait, qu'est-ce qui se passe? Qu'est-ce qui s'est passé? Nous sommes dans un environnement de, mé de méfiance. Et devant les 11 scrutins prévus, il y avait une divergence profonde entre les acteurs politiques et ces divergences se résument à deux points. And what is happening is that, as I said, there's a lot of mistrust, and with the 11 different elections that need to be organized, the various political actors have a lot of different points of view, but these can be summarized into two points. Premier, premier point de vue, c'est que, à la question de savoir on devrait commencer par quelle élection, il y a, il y a des gens qui pensaient qu'il faut commencer absolument par les présidentielles, avec la députation nationale, suivi alors des élections, des autres élections provinciales et locales. So, in terms of where to, the first point is uh, where to start with the elections. There are some people that feel that we need to start with the presidential elections and the national assembly, and then move on to the provincial and local elections. Cette option est l'option soutenue surtout par l'opposition et la communauté internationale. And this is the point of view that is being supported primarily by the opposition and the international community. Mais l'autre camp pense commencer par les locales et les provinciales et clôturer avec les présidentielles et les législatives nationales. But the other camp feels that we should start with the local and provincial elections and then end with the presidential and national assembly elections. Et cette option est soutenue par le, le parti au pouvoir. And this option is being supported by the party in power. Devant cette divergence aiguë, la CENI a proposé une troisième option en disant, bon, parce qu'on ne veut pas, tout, chaque camp voudrait camper dans son, de son côté, une autre option serait de dire, on fait tous les scrutins le même jour. So, given these widely divergent points of view, CENI has proposed a third option because uh, the two camps seem to be rather entrenched in their positions, and CENI has proposed that all the elections be held on the same day. Et au niveau des, des dialogues, apparemment, ils ont opté pour cette option, mais en élaguant quand même les élections locales. Ils ont proposé, ils ont choisi l'option de, de, de combiner trois scrutins le même jour, si je leur ai dit que c'était un nouveau monstre qu'ils ont créé. Donc, combiner le même, scrutin, le, le même jour, trois scrutins, présidentiel, député national, député provincial. And this is the option that has been uh, chosen by the National Dialogue, uh, with the exception of the local elections. Um, so they have opted to combine three of the elections on the same day. Perhaps this is creating a new monster, but they are opting to hold the presidential, national assembly, and provincial assembly elections on the same day. Du côté de la CENI, nous leur avons donc présenté l'exigence technique pour cela. L'exigence technique, c'est que si on fait trois scrutins, il faut un temps important de préparation. Vous avez vu vous-même, rien que cette question des bulletins, il faut un temps bien, euh, bien long, un, pour consolider les candidatures, mais surtout pour l'impression, la commande, l'impression et la distribution de ces matériels. Et je vous dis qu'au Congo, dans un environnement de méfiance absolue, que ce soit en 2006 comme en 2011, 
on imprime le tout en Afrique du Sud. So Seni has presented the various technical requirements that need to be uh, fulfilled if these three elections are held. And first of all, it'll take a long amount of a long period of time to prepare the elections. Uh, with the ballots alone, uh, it will take quite a long time to consolidate the candidates and then to print and distribute the materials. Uh, and in a country like Congo, where, as I said, there's a lot of distrust, uh, we will have. Uh, uh, as we did in 2006 and in 2011, all the election materials will be printed in South Africa. L'exigence technique à faire, c'est que si on opte, si l'accord est signé dans le sens d'avoir trois scrutins le même jour, nous demandons 504 jours et l'élection arrivée en novembre 2018. So looking at all these technical requirements, we are saying that if we are to have the three elections on the same day, we'll need 504 days to prepare, which brings the elections to November 2018. Which would be an extension by of two years. Mais si jamais on opte pour avoir deux scrutins et non pas trois scrutins, évidemment on a besoin de 335 jours, ce qui nous donne l'élection en juin 2018. If however the choice is made to hold only two of the elections and not three, then we would need 335 days, which would bring us to July 2018. Il va de soi que s'ils avaient choisi un seul scrutin. Okay. Il va de soi que s'ils choisissent ou s'ils optent pour avoir un seul and if they choose to have only one election, then we would be able to have the election somewhere around the beginning of 2018. Uh, however, I'm not really sure if this is an option that we can really contemplate because in a country that already has major budget issues, we really can't afford to spend millions of dollars for just one election. Enfin, perspective et attente de la CENI. Uh, finally, looking at some of CENI's perspectives and uh, outlooks and expectations. Dans, notre perspe dans nos perspectives, nous poursuivons l'opération de révision du fichier électoral sans lesquels nous n'aurons jamais d'élection. Uh, in terms of our perspectives, we are continuing our, the process of updating the voter registry because we cannot hold elections without that. Dans les jours qui viennent, si l'accord est signé, je pense la semaine prochaine, si l'accord est signé, dans, immédiatement je vais publier, la, la CENI va publier les calendriers. And in the coming days, if the agreement is uh, signed, and I believe this may occur as early as next week, then CENI will publish the electoral calendar. Bien entendu, uh, nous allons préparer, nous allons nous mettre à préparer les élections selon l'option retenue. And then, of course, we will start preparing for the elections based on whatever option is chosen. La CENI reste néanmoins ouverte dans les mesures où la CENI leur dit, ou dit aux acteurs politiques, il est encore possible soit de diminuer le nombre de scrutins pour diminuer les jours, ou alors, si l'accord est signé dans ce sens-là, nous allons nous, nous publierons le calendrier. And CENI is working with the various political actors to talk about the, the fact that if, the, if it was possible to reduce the number of elections, then of course this would bring down the number of days. But we will work with them on whatever option is chosen. Attente de la CENI. Looking now at CENI's expectations. Ce que nous voulons d'abord, le premier, c'est il faut, pour arriver à ces élections, il faut en tout cas une volonté, volonté politique claire du gouvernement en ce qui concerne les financements. 
Uh, first of all, what Seni is, is hoping to see is that in order to be able to hold these elections, we need to have clear political will on the part of the government in terms of the financing. Sans la volonté politique claire du gouvernement, ça sera un, un vrai problème. Without a clear political will by the government, this will be a major problem. Nous avons, nous avons besoin d'une volonté politique du Parlement parce qu'il y a encore deux lois qui sont en souffrance. Si ces lois ne sont pas là, la CENI ne fera rien. And we also need to see political will from the parliament because there are two laws that need to be implemented and if not, CINI will not be able to do anything. Enfin, on a besoin de la volonté politique claire des acteurs politiques. Parce que ce que nous constatons, dans les deux camps, il, il est quand même difficile de savoir qui veut réellement les élections. And finally, we need to see clear will on the part of political actors because with both camps, sometimes it's very difficult to discern who really wants to have the elections. Deuxième attente, c'est la question d'appui technique dont, on a, dont la CENI a besoin. Appui financier, mais surtout l'appui logistique des partenaires à la CENI. And secondly, CENI uh, needs to have technical, financial, and especially logistical support from its partners. En ce qui concerne l'appui la, la, financier, En fait, j'étais quand même un peu étonné, étonné d'attendre le gouvernement qui avait dit que non, il allait financer seul. Mais pour ce qui concerne la CENI, nous sommes demandeurs d'un appui des partenaires internationaux ou les partenaires traditionnels de la CENI. Uh, in terms of the financial support, I was a bit surprised to see that the government said they would finance the elections al alone. But as far as CENI is concerned, we would like to continue working with international partners. En ce qui concerne l'appui logistique, Sans l'appui logistique de la MONISCO, comme c'était le cas en 2006, pas nécessairement à cette dimension, je crains qu'on ne soit pas en mesure aussi de tenir les délais. Donc, à ce niveau, nous, 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 nous sommes aussi demandeurs d'un appui au niveau logistique, surtout de la MONISCO, même si ce n'est pas la même dimension qu'en 2006. In terms of logistical support, we will need the same type of logistical support we got from MONUSCO in 2006, perhaps not at the same scale. But if not, if we don't have that support, this could lead to further delays. So we're hoping to see this type of support. Enfin, l'appui technique dont il est question, c'est que les partenaires traditionnels de la CENI qui l'appuient souvent sur le plan technique, en termes d'organisation spécifique comme AIFES et autres, cet appui est vraiment entendu et nous aiderait effectivement à réduire certains certaines contraintes et permettre la tenue des élections. Merci beaucoup. And then finally, in terms of technical support, we're counting on our traditional partners uh, who help us organize the elections, such as IFAS and others, to help us overcome some of these constraints so that we can hold the elections. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Sir Nanga, for uh, that comprehensive uh, exposition of the Saini's position and perspectives. After at a, a personal rejoinder, I've, uh, as a U.S. citizen, I've long been a critic of voting by lists and straight, straight ticket voting, uh, thinking that people should look at each line. Yes. But after looking at your ballot, I may rethink my position on that issue. Uh, uh, but I, I know there are quite a number of questions uh, out there, and so we want to get to them. So uh, I would ask, uh, for the sake, uh, the if you would wait for the microphone to to come to you uh, so that everyone can hear you, and also here's a present for you, <laughs> present for me, uh, <laughs> and also uh, the uh, wait for the, and also uh, uh, please identify yourself, and I'd ask the, the the audience to keep your questions two question 
you know, to, to a question so that uh, others can have an opportunity. And I'd ask uh, uh, our, our distinguished guest to also be concise in, in the answer and your answer so we can get as many people uh, as possible through. So we, uh, we have questions, uh, the gentleman there. Uh, please wait for the microphone. And please kindly identify yourself. Thank you very much. My name is Freddy Famba. I'm a journalist for uh, Radio Africa of Canada. I represent in the United States. I need to speak this in my language, Lingala, for all population that can hear this. It's a very, very important. If you can help me to transfer this in English, people that can hear this, please. Thank you. My first question is, my first question is, Mr. Cornel Nanga, Ozali accompanied na Mr. Kikaya, Oyo Azali conseiller ya Kabila, Bangonde ba porter ya crise Oyo tozana angolelo. My question is, Mr. Cornel Nanga, um, why are you accompanying Mr. Kikaya, who's an advisor to the president? and as such responsible for the current crisis in the country on this trip. Deuxième question Nangai. Pona nini baponiyo na seni lokola mubikisi ya peuple congolais. Tango ozalaka secrétaire général secrétaire adjoint général ya seni bosalaki élection nyonso malamu. Pona nini sikoyo zoko kangote. So why is it that you have been appointed as a rescuer, as a savior of the population in Congo? When you worked with uh, the former Senis, with Malumalu and others, you did a good job. So why is it now, with the expectation that the people have of you, you are not doing the same good job? Troisième question. Troisième question, Isali. Ponanini, au Pessi, 500 jours et demi pour organiser une élection présidentielle, législative. Tension politique à Congo est comme très grave. Osa comme on a été qu'il y a très danger. So why is it that uh, you are saying that you will take 500 day, five, 500 and a half day to organize presidential and legislative elections? Don't you, um, don't you notice that it's a very tense moment for the country? Okay, uh, thank you. Um, we have to, no, we, sorry, we have to let other people ask as, as, as well. Yes. Uh, Mr. Nanga, yes. I think the question is for you. Okay. Je ne sais pas si tu réponds à Lingala ou bien non, euh, <rire> en français. <rire> bon, pourquoi je suis avec euh, l'ambassadeur Kikaya Je ne suis pas avec lui. Mais dans tous les cas, même si j'étais avec lui, ça ne me pose pas de problème. Parce qu'il m'arrive aussi d'être dans des conférences comme ça avec les partis qui, ne, qui sont de l'opposition et autres. 
En fait, je suis commissaire électorale nationale indépendante. Je travaille avec tous les, par, toutes les parties prenantes. Opposition, majorité, société civile, j'ai contacté tout le monde. Même aujourd'hui, ceux qui sont au pouvoir au dialogue, même ceux qui sont en dehors du dialogue, moi je suis en contact permanent avec tout le monde. Toutes les couches, j'écoute tout le monde et je vois tout le monde. Bien entendu, le gouvernement a ses positions, mais la CENI a ses positions et je garde mes positions en tant que institution indépendante. Je ne perds pas d'avis lorsqu'il faut dire des choses comme maintenant. Je dis que non, à un moment donné, pour, pour qu'on n'ait pas organisé les élections jusqu'à aujourd'hui, il y a beaucoup de responsabilités. Et nous les disons, et nous les disons à qui veut l'attendre. Je ne suis pas avec l'ambassadeur comme, comme si je l'accompagnais. Je suis dans ma délégation et une invitation m'a été adressée à moi comme président de la CENI. J'ai amené ma délégation avec moi et je suis venu, et je ne savais d'ailleurs même pas que je serais assis comme ça avec l'ambassadeur. Ça, vous pouvez me croire. Deux ans. So first of all, to answer the question about why I'm accompanying Ambassador Kikaya, um, I'm actually not here with him. And uh, in fact, I have, even if I were, I have been to other conferences, international conferences such as this, where I've been with other people from the opposition party or other actors. Uh, I'm here with CENI, uh, representing CENI. Uh, and as such, I work with all the stakeholders in this process, with people from the opposition, the majority, civil society. I work with those who are part of the national dialogue, those who are outside of the dialogue. I am in constant contact with all of the different parties. Um, and the government may have its positions, but CENI has its position. And I am sticking to our position as an independent body. Now, the reason we haven't been able to organize the elections up until now is because we have a lot of responsibilities. But uh, I am not here accompanying the ambassador. Uh, in fact, I've been here, I'm here with my own delegation, and I was invited to this conference. And I didn't realize even that I would be Évidemment, nous sommes des Congolais. Vous n'allez pas nous empêcher de voir tel ou de saluer tel parce que je suis à la commission. Est-ce que je suis là comme pour... J'étais désigné président comme pour sauver les Congos. Non, j'étais désigné président pour organiser les élections. Et c'est ça ma mission. La mission que j'ai, elle est délicate. Monsieur Fomba, c'est que si j'organise bien les élections, vous allez m'applaudir et vous allez dire que non, ça s'est bien fait. Si les élections sont mal organisées, personne ne verra quelqu'un d'autre, dira que non, les responsables, c'est Nanga. J'ai une responsabilité d'amener le peuple congolais aux élections et aux bonnes élections. Ce n'est pas à une, à vous les amener à un chaos. Le chaos est possible aujourd'hui parce qu'il y a beaucoup de choses qui se trament autour de ça. Les bonnes élections, seules les bonnes élections nous permettront à ceux que ces Congos ou les peuples congolais que nous restions à paix, en paix. 504 jours, nous l'avons dit d'abord que c'est une conséquence d'un choix qui a été fait par les acteurs. Ce n'est pas moi. Les acteurs auraient choisi un scrutin qu'on n'arriverait pas à 504 jours. Ils auraient choisi deux scrutins, ça ne serait pas 504 jours. Mais parce qu'ils ont choisi trois scrutins, on a fait 504 jours. Et tenez, je n'ai pas fait ça seul. J'ai travaillé les 504 jours avec les experts des Nations Unies qui sont partis de New York. La francophonie était là, représentée par le général euh, Siaka Sangare. Et bien entendu, la MONUSCO et le PNUD local. Nous avons travaillé ensemble pour arriver à 504 jours. Ce n'est pas un chiffre Nanga. C'est un chiffre qui a été travaillé et nous le faisons en, tant en utilisant l'expertise électorale. Sur ce point, vraiment, euh, je vous en prie, si vous êtes malade, vous voyez un docteur, le docteur vous dit « fais ceci 
c'est ce qu'il faut suivre. Ne dites pas au docteur que non, parce que non, vous voulez guérir vite, qu'on te donne autre chose. Ici, nous vous donnons, nous avons donné les chiffres comme docteur des élections. Et permettez-nous de, euh, permettez de suivre ce que nous vous disons, si nous voulons réellement des bonnes élections. So of course we're both Congolese, and that shouldn't prevent us from greeting each other just because we are uh, just because I'm with the commission. Uh, to answer your second question about whether I've been appointed to be the savior of Congo, I would say no. I was appointed president of the commission in order to save the elections, if you will. That's my mission, and it's a delicate mission. But if I succeed and we have good elections, you will applaud me and say that I did a good job. If I don't and we have poorly, uh, badly run elections, it will also fall upon me. So I have a responsibility to the Congolese people to ensure that we have good elections. And of course, as I said, there is the possibility of chaos because of all the problems that we are facing. But we will have good elections if we're able to accomplish these elections in a peaceful environment. Now the question about 504 days, uh, this is a consequence of the choice of the various actors. Uh, if they had chosen to have just one election, it would not have taken 504 days, or two elections would not take 504 days. But because they chose to hold the three elections, it, that's why we have come up with this figure of 504 days. And this wasn't a figure that I uh, arrived at by myself. Uh, I, I worked with many electoral experts from the UN, uh, from France, MONUSCU, the U local uh, office of the UNDP, and uh, working together, this is how we came up with the figure of 504 days. If you're sick and you go to the doctor, you have to do what he prescribes. You can't try to do something quicker or do something else just so that you can try to heal faster if that's not what the doctor is prescribing. So uh, this is what the doctor's ordering for our elections, if you will. If I may just add quickly, that question should not be directed to us. The people on my right invited us. And I think I've, I listened to the introduction to this event tonight, today. Opposition has been here, I think, four or five times. And I think it's only fair that the Atlantic Council gives the floor to the government as well, so that there can be a balanced view of what's happening in the Congo. Now, the major issue today is the election. So what's wrong in having the man who's organizing the elections to come and express himself too? So the opposition has been here four times. We've been here once. So just for balance and also fairness, I think it's only proper that we are invited also. So your question, question ayo ndekonanga ifaleo tuna, but you are invited to be so our, be so te, you comprend? Merci. No, let's not start a, mon, uh, a dialogue, you and I. Dialogue is in the Congo. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, to, to be fair to everyone else, uh, 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 the gentleman in the corner. My name is Steve Weissman. As I was listening to the presentation, um, a, a famous African song went through my head, which is by uh, the South African musician Hugh Masekela. It's called Politician. And he asks, Politician, where is your credibility? Um, I, as, long, as well as many other people here, have been following this issue for years. And, I've seen presentations by, for example, Mr. Malu Malu and many others uh, about the election. And uh, it strikes me that there are three questions that your presentations raise. One, given the distrust, if uh, President Kabila is sincere and is intending to give up power as conceived by the Constitution, why has he not publicly come out and stated 
I am going to leave as soon as an election occurs. I'm going to leave power. That's my intention. In fact, why hasn't he gone further and taken advantage of the constitutional provisions that in the event of an absence from the office uh, have a transitional period? Or why hasn't he offered to negotiate with the opposition, with the major opposition groups, a transitional period in which he would not be president anymore? The second thing that occurred to me is you mentioned, uh, Mr. Ambassador, the um, M23 and the cost of the war as delaying the election. All I can say, again, in terms of credibility is that in discussions with Mr. Malu Malu, who came here many times and we spoke with many times, he never brought up, ever, that this was an obstacle to the election. Uh, and uh, he discussed, as uh, Mr. Nanga has discussed, uh, the, you know, the desirability of international assistance, uh, but he, uh, he never, ever presented the M23 uh, events, and you know, they've been disbanded for quite a while now, as an obstacle to an election. So that's another credibility issue. And the final thing is, uh, and by the way, in, in, a related, in a related thing on that, um, there have been so many civil wars in Africa that have been much worse than what M23 did and have been settled by elections. And fairly soon after, all this damage was done. They haven't taken 16 months plus 504 days. Um, so I think that, um, uh, and finally, uh, everything I've read at least and heard about uh, Mr. Nanga's presentations uh, about the elections had always focused on 2017. And suddenly, now we hear in the dialogue, the commission is proposing, and we hear today, 2018. So since the such distrust of President Kabila and his real intention to leave office and his real intention to actually hold such elections, uh, the, continue, the slipping of the date from presentations that were made earlier to today uh, raises credibility questions. So I'm sorry for the long question. I think, please, I'm yeah. Well, um, I could ask a reverse question. When did President Kabila say he wants a third mandate? I understand. You say, yeah, why doesn't he come in public and say, I will not seek a third mandate? But when did he say that I will seek a third mandate? I challenge anybody to come up and say that on such a date, President Kabila said or acted as if he was going to, 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 to seek a third mandate. On the contrary, if you read his speeches to the nation every single year, he repeats, I will respect the Constitution. And if you want my opinion, on that issue. There has been people who have tried, even in our, on our camp, to change the constitution. When constitutions, plural, were being changed in our region, whether it's in Congo Brazzaville, whether it's in Rwanda, whether it's in Burundi, whether it's in Uganda, constitutions were changed to allow incumbent to stay, some of them will stay as presidents for life. Some people in our camp came to see President Kabila. 
Let's do it now because everybody is doing it. Then it won't be us alone. President Kabila said never. We will not do that. The constitution will stay as is. And he's the one who launched the electoral process, the registration of voters, knowing very well that Article 220 and Article 70 stand. Now, I challenge anyone to tell me by what magic will President Kabila's name be on a ballot when we have elections, upcoming elections. It's impossible. One thing that the president will not do is go public because he is under pressure. In Congo, we don't work under pressure. Nobody will ever pressurize him to say anything. He refers you to the Constitution. The Constitution hasn't changed. It is as is. And uh, th that's it. I mean, what else do, do people want? He's not going to say that, especially not under pressure. Now, secondly, your second question on uh, the M23. Okay. Monsieur Labi Malumalu is passed away. I mean, peace be upon him. He's not here to defend himself. But I would be surprised. <coughs> that anyone would say that fighting a vicious war like the one against the M23, and that from April 2012 all the way to 2015, weeding out all the meager resources of our government is not a factor that would affect the elections. That's not fair. We don't, we, we not, of course we are big. We, I hear everywhere, I read everywhere, Congo is a rich country, but where's the money? I don't see it. We're not that rich. We have problems that have made it impossible for us to prepare for elections, and people have to accept that. There's nothing you can do about it. And now, recently, I hope that you're not going to say that the fall on the price of copper is not a factor as well. I think Corneille must answer the one on... Uh yeah, before passing, I have to, as my, our distinguished guests know, I have to ex excuse myself, uh, but my uh, deputy, Brown Bruton, will take over. I think that this question, I will answer from the point of view of the election, from the point of view of the CENI. Ça, c'est un que le président Kabila déclare qu'il n'est pas candidat. Je pense que ça, c'est un faux problème. Ça n'a jamais été. Je ne sais même pas pourquoi on, on, on doit s'en faire pour ça. La constitution n'a pas changé. Pour ce qui concerne la CENI, il ne sera pas candidat. La constitution n'a pas changé. Lorsque nous allons inscrire les candidatures, J'espère qu'il n'est pas fou pour amener sa candidature alors qu'il sait que la Constitution l'empêche. Donc ça, c'est vraiment pas un problème. So, uh, regarding the question um, about uh, the uh, President Kabila, um, I'll give you the point of view as uh, from from Seni, uh, the electoral point of view. Uh, President Kabila, whether or not he's said he is or isn't going to go for a third term, I think is really a false problem because I don't think it's really an issue or, or a concern. The Constitution has not changed as far as Seni is concerned, and so he cannot be considered a candidate. And so when we go to register candidates, I don't really think he'll be foolish enough to come present his candidacy because the Constitution doesn't allow it. As qui concerne le, le glissement, je vous ai <coughs> des dates. Je vous ai dit que nous sommes dans une situation compliquée. Et la situation compliquée va dans le sens que 
dans ma présentation, je vous ai dit qu'il y a des institutions qui sont en place et pour lesquelles on n'est pas arrivé à organiser des élections. Il faut plutôt poser la question en profondeur. Le comble, c'est que nous aimons résoudre les problèmes au niveau des symptômes. Le vrai problème est là. Tant que nous n'aurons pas de recensement administratif, et tant qu'on n'aura pas constitué un registre d'état civil pour le Congo, même après cinq ans, ce problème de glissement de mandat va encore, va, arrivera encore. J'ai demandé au dialogue de faire en sorte qu'ils prennent une option courageuse. Une option courageuse, non pas de modifier la Constitution, mais d'arriver à avoir ces, ces registres d'État civil. Ça permettra que les élections viendront chaque tous les séquences sans problème. Merci. Uh, in terms of the dates for the elections continuing to be pushed back, uh, I can only say that we have a very complicated situation. As I mentioned in my presentation, we have institutions that are in place uh, that are coming to the end of their terms, and we've not been able to hold elections for these. So in, if we're going to resolve these problems, we have to look at the symptoms as well. Um, and as I mentioned, we don't have a vital statistics registry. We have to have uh, that in order to have our voter lists. And if we don't have this in place, then we're going to continually have these uh, term issues, uh, even in the long term. So um, I've, I've told the dialogue that they need to really take a courageous stand and not think, not uh, amend the Constitution, but rather look at how they can ensure that we have the census and the voter lists in place so that we can have the elections. EJ Hohner with International Crisis Group. Uh, if I could ask Ambassador Kikaya, um, how do you see the, the regional role? You've talked about the international community, but how do you see the regional role, particularly SADC and the ICGLR, in view of the upcoming uh, Luanda Summit uh, and how that will play into uh, the national dialogue and the res resolution of this electoral crisis? Thank you. Well, the region is meeting on the 27th, actually from the 24th to the 27th in Luanda. The region has been very supportive of us of the Congo, I must say, because if I say us, it's us as government. They have been very supportive of the Congo. Uh, SADC, it's no secret, has always been by our, by our side. ICGRR was created actually to accompany us after the Addis Ababa agreement. Um, they will continue to play that role. As a matter of fact, um, three ministers of foreign affairs have just visited Kinshasa two days ago Tanzania, Angola, and Mozambique, chairman, deputy chairman, and rapporteur of the organization. And they came up quite clear in their final communique. They said that, okay, it's a good thing that the dialogue is happening. I will support it. They came loud and clear that they support Mr. Adam Kojo, who is uh, the international community's appointed facilitator for the dialogue. So we have no problem with the region. The region is there by our side. They're helping us on the right track, which is the dialogue, which we are advocating. We say the only way to resolve the crisis is through a dialogue. Unlike the other ones who want to practice what we call the politique de la terre brûlée, who are advocating chaos in order to topple unconstitutionally the government in place through a popular revolt, as they say.
My name is Herbert Weiss. I'm a retired professor of political science at the City University of New York. I'm a student of Congolese politics since 1959. Wow. I have a comment and then a question to you, sir. The comment is that I was rather surprised at the emphasis you placed on tribal and ethnic divisions. It seems to me one of the great accomplishments of the Congolese people is the fact that they've created a nation. And electoral behavior, if you study the electoral behavior of the Congolese in both uh, 2006 and 11, it seems to me that it contradicts in various ways your notion both that ethnicity is that important and secondly, that the country is divided along the three personal regional uh, identities that you gave it. To go further would be a long debate, but I cannot resist making this reservation. Now my question. You have come here to ask us to support the notion that every Congolese political faction should join the dialogue. As you know, the international community has been very supportive, as has the United States, of the national dialogue. The big obstacle is that very, very important organizations in the Congo, for instance, the Catholic Church, has withdrawn because it is not inclusive. And it is not inclusive because there are some political leaders who are in jail and some in exile. I would like to scratch history to cite an example that may perhaps be an inspiration. In October 1959, Lumumba was jailed in Kisangani on very serious charges of inciting attacks, violent attacks against law and order. On January, in January 1960, the members of the Brussels Round Table, the Congolese members, demanded that all important Congolese leaders participate. And as a result, the Belgian cabinet, contrary to the entire position of the Belgian colonial administration, sprung Lumumba from jail, flew him to Brussels, and it was as a result of that that the Congo achieved its independence. I, my question is, would that not be a proper example for a regime that claims Lumumbist origins, ideologically, to follow? Would it not be an example that you could follow and <coughs> therefore allow political leaders uh, 
the answer will be, but that is the law, and the law is separate from the president. And I cite this example because the law then was separate from the cabinet, but the cabinet superseded the law. So my question is, if you really want this dialogue to succeed, and if this word that you have avoided, this big, important word that you have avoided, glissement, <laughs> is to be avoided as an obstacle for a positive resolution of your crisis, why don't you accept the notion that everybody who is a political leader has to be part of the dialogue? Well, thank you very much for the history lesson. Quite impressive, since 1959. Um, when I mentioned the ethnic, regional, and tribal elements in the study of Congolese politics, I did not mean that uh, that's how we conduct our politics, no. What I meant was that the behavior of voters today is far from being ideological. That's all I meant. Far from being ideological. It, we will get there. We will get there. Now, you mentioned what happened between 1959 1960. Then, the, nas the, the nation, the Congolese nation, could galvanize against one enemy, Belgium, the colonizer. We had to kick him out. You mentioned Lumumba. Bravo. Lumumba, by the way, was the only one who created a mouvement national congolais. The only one, the only one. Everybody else, Kasavubu, had a Bacon, uh, Abaco, Alliance de Bacongo. Vwembe is sitting just next to you there. <laughs> Alliance de, ba de Bacongo. If you're not a Mukongo, you don't belong. Chombe had a Konakat. Congrès National du Katanga. You're not from Katanga, you don't belong. So, and so on, I can go on. Lumumba was the only one who had a really national political movement. But let's, let's not dwell into that. Yes, but. <laughs> now, um, the question about everybody joining the dialogue. I think. Senator Sheo Kitundu is here. Uh, maybe he can, uh, he, he, he can tell you how much, how far the president has gone to try to get everybody on board, starting with the major opposition party called the UDPS. Everything has been done, but they refuse categorically to join. What do we do? You mentioned the Catholic Church. I would love to see the churches to stay out of politics. I would love to see the churches stay out of politics. But civil society, as we call it in the Congo, have, we, we believe they have a say. That's why we invite them. But they have left because they think the dialogue is not inclusive. Now, um, that notion of glissement, it's very unfortunate that that has joined the Congolese political discourse. What's happening is just a postponement of elections because of technical questions. That's all. I don't know any country faced with a technical problem 
hasn't postponed. We ourselves, when we came from Sun City, we were supposed to have elections in 2005. It never happened. We had technical problems and we had these elections in 2006. It has already happened in the Congo, but somebody came with this slippage notion, which is not, which is doing us a disservice. What's happening, what we're asking for, is to postpone elections. Let's not stampede into wrong elections that will be contested, plunging the country again into troubles. Now, Senator, est-ce que tu veux adresser un peu cette question de... Oui, un micro. Très rapidement. Hein? Oui, oui je, je suis très content de revoir M. Weiss ici et lui rappeler euh, qu'il connaît très bien la situation en République démocratique du Congo. Euh, moi qui vous parle, j'ai été pendant une année dans les pré-négociations pour préparer le dialogue avec Étienne Tshisekedi. Pendant une année. Et nous sommes arrivés à un accord pour fixer les contours du dialogue. Et, à la, et même avant de publier l'ordonnance convoquant le, 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 le dialogue, le chef de l'État m'a envoyé voir Étienne Tshisekedi à Bruxelles. Et, euh, et je, pour lui poser la question de savoir s'il avait des remarques ou des suggestions à formuler quant à la, à la teneur de l'ordonnance. Parce que le chef de l'État voulait, ne voulait pas que... Il, il a même dit ce serait inélégant pour moi de convoquer le dialogue avant d'informer la première formation politique de l'opposition politique. Parce que justement, le dialogue doit se tenir entre la majorité et l'opposition. Et dans l'opposition aujourd'hui, c'est Étienne Tshisekedi. Donc sur ce plan, nous avons la conscience tranquille. C'est Étienne Tshisekedi lui-même qui a renoncé à l'accord que nous avons signé. Cet accord a même été actualisé et confirmé. Et il a renoncé. Je tiens à vous rappeler une chose. Monsieur le sénateur, attendez un instant. En 2006, voilà. Je suis très heureux de voir l'ambassadeur aujourd'hui parce qu'il connaît la situation très bien dans le DRC, le DRC. Et j'ai passé beaucoup de temps dans les négociations en arrivant à ce dialogue. Je to see if they had any remarks or comments to make in terms of the content of this decree, because he said to me it would be improper to convene this dialogue if we didn't inform the major opposition party. It was actually Etienne Tsiki who renounced the agreement that we had signed. Et en allant euh, euh, préparer ce pré-dialogue, on nous avait prévenu quant à l'imprévisibilité de Etienne Tsisekedi. Je vous rappelle que en 2006, il a refusé de approuver la constitution. Qui, qui, dont il se réclame aujourd'hui, dont il réclame le respect. Il n'a pas voulu participer, il a appelé au contraire à boycotter le référendum pour la Constitution. Ça, c'est la première chose. So, la in, in this uh, run-up voilà. to preparing the dialogue, we also talked about the fact that Etienne Tshisekedi is really unpredictable. And in fact, in 2006, he actually uh, was against the Constitution, that the Constitution that he claims to adhere to now, but he was one of the ones who boycotted the constitutional referendum. Et il n'a pas participé aux élections. And Et pourtant, c'est un grand leader de l'opposition avec une formation politique. Malgré ça, la première législature a eu lieu. En 2011, il a participé aux élections, mais par la suite, il a, il a eu 42 députés. Ces députés-là, il les a rejetés. Il a refusé qu'ils restent au Parlement. Mais ces parlementaires sont restés à l'Assemblée nationale. Ils n'ont pas voulu obéir 
à le mot d'ordre donné par Etienne Sisekedi. Donc, il faut bien comprendre cela. Ce n'est pas de notre faute. Mais en même temps, nous ne pouvons pas ne pas organiser les élections. Vous voyez vous-même le débat que ça provoque. C'est pour cette raison qu'il fallait nécessairement que ce dialogue se tienne. Et toute la communauté internationale a fait tout pour amener Étienne Tshisekedi à venir au dialogue. Il a refusé. Tout, la, la majeure partie des préalables qu'il a posés ont été accomplis. Il a toujours refusé. Comment voulez-vous On ne peut pas faire l'impossible. Et vous, vous venez voir vous-même maintenant que les questions posées par ce dialogue sont des questions techniques. Le fichier électoral, la séquence électorale et le calendrier. Et tous ces trois problèmes doivent être réglés par l'autorité indépendante qui a été mise sur pied par la Constitution. Alors, le problème, c'est celui-là. Uh, so, despite the fact that uh, he didn't participate in the elections, we did have the first legislative elections. He did participate in 2011, um, but, and there he had 40 deputies, but then he refused to have them stay in Parliament. They did stay, nonetheless, in the National Assembly, even though he didn't want them to. Um, so it's really not our fault. Um, we, we had to have this national dialogue. We did everything we could to bring Etienne to the dialogue, but he continued to refuse. Um, and so... Um, <sighs> Most of the prerequisites that he was establishing had been fulfilled, but yet he still refused to participate. And now the issues that we're looking at are mostly technical issues, as we said, voter registration list, the electoral calendar, and the sequence. And these are issues that have to be resolved by the CENI. Voilà. Et ces trois questions, comme j'ai dit, ce sont des questions techniques sur lesquelles on ne va plus revenir. Même si aujourd'hui, il vient au dialogue, il ne va pas euh, s'opposer à la révision du fichier électoral. Il ne va pas s'opposer à la séquence électorale, c'est-à-dire toutes les élections doivent avoir lieu le même jour. Ils ne vont pas s'opposer au calendrier qui sera publié bientôt si l'accord est signé. Ce sera terminé. La seule question qui reste, c'est comment on va gérer la période qui va du terme du mandat, du, 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 du deuxième mandat du chef de l'État, à l'organisation des élections. C'est-à-dire nous voulons une gestion consensuelle de l'État jusqu'au moment des élections pour que l'opposition et majorité gèrent le pays ensemble et se surveillent ensemble pour qu'il y ait une crédibilité quant aux élections qui seront organisées. Donc sur ce plan-là, M. Weiss, nous avons la conscience tranquille parce qu'on a tout fait pour amener l'opposition au dialogue. La communauté internationale a tout fait pour amener l'opposition au dialogue. C'est l'opposition qui a refusé. Mais pour cela, nous avons été élus pour régler le problème du pays. Nous devons nous comporter en responsables politiques et représentants effectivement de la nation. Merci. So, so as I said, all these questions that we're dealing with now are technical issues that even if he were to come to the dialogue now are not things that he could refute. Uh, he cannot refute the fact that we have to update the voter list and the sequence of the, event, of the elections, in other words, having the three on the same day and the calendar that will be published by CINI. The only question really that remains would be how we're going to manage this interim period uh, after the president's term comes up and before the elections. And what we're seeking is a consensus-based approach where we can manage the country together and work together uh, and have credibility. So uh, we have a clear conscience. Uh, we did everything we could to bring the opposition to the dialogue, and they've refused. Uh, but we have to continue working to resolve the problems in our country despite this. Well, I thank everyone for attending today, Ambassador, uh, Mr. Um, <laughs> Mr. Cornier. Thank you. I uh, appreciate your time. I'm delighted. Thank you very much to the McCain Institute and to IRI for co-hosting and to all of you for joining us today. Thanks.